Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Good to have you with us, everybody. We are live from Austin, Texas. It is, again, May 4th. Hard to believe we're already into May, but it is just marching on. And I hope you had a good weekend. Uh, We've got a hot topic that I'm really excited today about. And what we're going to be talking about in the Hot Topic segment is really about, you know, is TRID an obstacle or an opportunity? And for many, it is an obstacle, and many are not ready but for the few that are preparing and embracing the change that is coming, they're seeing this as a huge opportunity to position themselves in a way to really outperform their competition. So I think we're going to be really interesting to see how people are going into this. We have a special guest on the Hot Topics segment. We have the president and founder of Motivity Solutions, a business intelligence tool, that technology tool that many are adopting and using is really integral to how this can help you in getting ready for TRID. And we're going to be talking about that in the Hot Topic segment, so you're going to want to stay tuned all the way through to the Hot Topic segment. Uh, This broadcast, again, is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the Progress in Lending Innovation Award. We thank you, Tony Garitano and company, for doing that. So let's get in and say a quick thank you about our sponsors. I want to thank United Guarantee. We always start off with them. They've been there now for, gosh, a good number of years, and we're proud to have them because they're for the fourth consecutive year in a row. They are a leader in the MI industry. So good to have the leader as our sponsor. You know what? There's a lot. I don't, have you, are you aware that there's this new thing called private mortgage and salability and capital requirements? And it's P-M-I-R-E-S, another regulation that's going into effect December 31st, 2015. There's so many regulations that are rolling out. Alice talks about them all the time on the broadcast. But this particular one is one that's impacting your private mortgage insurance. You need to make sure your private mortgage insurance company is ready for this. Most are. And I'm hearing I'm not hearing any alarms on this one like I am from TRID. But United Guarantee is really focused on this and has really done a job of focusing to make sure that they're compliant, not only to where the regulations and minimum requirements are, but where this thing is going. They will be ready December 31st, 2015. In a statement to consumers, excuse me, to customers, the United Guarantee officials said that the release of the final PMIRES, or <laughs> it sounds like YMCA, but anyway, that alphabet suit is in April, gives the entire mortgage industry confidence that mortgage insurance ability to pay claims. And that's really what this is about, is can this, can, can your private mortgage insurance, will your private mortgage insurance be able to be there to play, pay the claims? Because if they're not, you know who they're coming back to. So it's really important that you, they be compliant with this regulation. Also, it consists of a uh, really a, a number of other aspects that are all about survivability and are they going to be there not only for you and your insurance policy, but to serve the industry. And the answer is, you know, I guarantee will be. So check it out. Check out their announcement at www.ugcorp.com or contact your local United Guarantee sales representative. Again, mortgage insurance underwritten by United Guarantee Residential Insurance Company. Appreciate you guys at United Guarantee for being a sponsor also. 
birthday. Thank you to Velma. I chuckle on this one because um, when it comes to Velma, we're always scrambling to get the content out and the emails up and how are we going to bro go about it. These guys are such good partners. If you're looking for a good email marketing partner, you just can't get better than Velma. I encourage you to check them out. They do a great job, and also they have some nice technology tools that work as a CRM in the background to really help you manage that database. It's a great tool, and I particularly care most about folks like Brett Emler who work there who just really do a great job of you know, making sure the message goes out in a way, checking for my spelling errors. Yeah, that's right. I would, did not win the spelling bee at the school I went to, but we are grateful to them because they double-check it all. So anyway, also a special thank you to Alice Joe. Uh, for being a part of the broadcast each and every week. It goes a lot of time and planning goes into this broadcast, and I appreciate both of them for all that they're doing. Upcoming conferences, the one we're focusing on right now is the May 17th through the 20th. It's the National Secondary Marketing Conference and Expo at the New York Marriott Marquis, Midtown, New York City. Great conference. It's the NBA's flagship secondary conference. you want to be there if you're interested in knowing what's going on with the markets. The list of speakers is really pretty impressive this week. Launch that's coming up for this conference here. Gosh, that's just a couple of weeks ago. Wait. Anyway, Joe Farr, good to have you on the broadcast. Morning, as you are. Again, special thank you, Joe, for being here. Um, looking forward to having you participate in the Hot Topics segment. But let's start off by looking at what is going on in the markets today. Well, we're down again. Well, I was just looking back. Each day last week, we lost a little bit. Uh, one day, I think we were just yeah. about flat, but every day, and we're off about 120 basis points in price from uh, where we started the day on Monday last week. So, um, and, and let me uh, today we're off 5:30 seconds. Uh, parts of the morning we were kind of bouncing around between flat to up to maybe a little higher at some yeah. points, but uh, we're starting to see some unfavorable price changes roll through, and. Um, What's causing it today? I mean, I'm looking at your screen you know, right now, and I saw the earlier prize up, and I was going, "Oh, it's going to be a good day." And then yeah, I see this no, going, it's dang what? It's really a. I think it's a carryover from last week, and that's uh, you know, if you look at last week, uh, just about all the economic data was was short of expectations, right? Core PCE yeah. inflation yeah. rate even fell. It went from 1.4 to 1.3, very low. Fed minutes acknowledged that the economy had slowed since its last meeting. So what happened to rates? They went down, right? No, no, they went up. Yeah. They went up a bunch. I know. MBS prices <laughs> fell, you know, as I said, over a point. Uh, and, and it stems from selling pressure. Uh, European markets sold off early. Germany, Spain reported improving economic activity. Greece, you know, reshuffled their negotiating team and, you know, the hope is that that's going to result in a uh, little uh, better chance of them getting to a deal that keeps them in the eurozone, and yeah. um, and uh, with that selling pressure, start rates started to rise. And you know, when you look at how low they were, I mean, the German Bund was in single digits, and uh, with them being so low, they started to rise rapidly, and that spread to the rest of the world, spread to U.S. mortgage-backed securities. Um, so. Yeah, I think that's a little carryover. There's been certainly no no good economic news or, or, or reason economic uh, driven to cause this little sell off. So let's look at the economic data that came out last week and, and just yeah. how weak it was. I mean, first quarter GDP at two tenths growth. 
consumer I know. And it's, it was two point two the previous month. Yeah. Well, the previous quarter was two point two. Yeah. Yeah. Previous quarter. Sorry. Yeah. Previous yeah, quarter. Construction 2. spending fell. Personal income was flat. ISM didn't meet expectations. And like I said, the core PCE fell from one point four to one point three. Uh, there was some good news. I mean, I, I couldn't point to the good news as being the reason for the drop, but uh, jobless claims improved. Uh, in fact, they fell to the lowest level in fifteen years. And then pending home sales uh, were at a good level, highest level in about 18 months, I think it was. So, uh, yeah, it was a rough week last week, and it looks like we're continuing on a little bit to start this one. Now, this week is going to be driven by economic news uh, with Friday's jobs report. The uh, expectations right now are for 215,000 jobs and unemployment rate falling a little bit from 5.5 to 5.4. Uh, before that, we got the ISM services and trade balance tomorrow. They got ADP employment report on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time ADP came out, it indicated that uh, uh, jobs were likely to fall from where they'd been the month before, and that, they were right. They just didn't know how far they were going to fall. Uh, ADP consensus is for 190,000 net new jobs. Uh, then we have Yellen make, giving a speech Wednesday starting at 9.15 Eastern time. And we've seen that uh, Yellen and Vice Chair Fisher uh, have been yeah, making Fisher, yeah. the market move uh, based on speeches lately. Uh, and then another jobless claims m- number on Thursday. So, you know, all, the folks are going to be on, uh, on, the, on the jobs number this week. Yeah, we're not anticipating anything unique or different than the Fed's statement last week but you know yelling speaking we always pay attention to those you know does she mm-hmm. tweak what the expectations but what was really interesting to me and i was wondering i've been wanting looking forward to this interview uh to ask you how much of the divergence within or difference of opinion within the fed contributes to mortgage rates that they're sensor were at the bottom or the bond or that mortgage prices but also fed fed rates is not going to be moving lower that we're at the bottom how much plays into that. I, I know you pointed to a lot of what's going over Europe, but you, and that's obviously well, going to be I think it's going on there too. I, I think with rates as low as they are, Dave, that that investors looking at at, at the opportunities there. There's uh, not a lot, uh, not a lot of opportunity to, for rates to move much lower, and, and a lot of opportunity for rates to rise. So, um, yeah, you, know, you don't want to be long uh, long term rates when that's the situation. I think that's creating some of that selling pressure. Certainly uh, in, in Germany, where people were buying ten-year uh, debt at, at seven basis points, the opportunity there was not to go much lower, and uh, yeah, and we've seen it rise to I think it's near forty, somewhere in the forties uh, today. Yep. Well, it's just interesting to see what's driving it and all the various factors. Again, it doesn't matter what is driving it. We just need to be able to respond, and that's what the advantage of having that screen up all the time. It's here and parked on my screen every single day, all the time, and I just value the service so much and appreciate you for being on the broadcast and updating our listeners on all that's going on. Appreciate it. You bet. Folks, we're going to be right back uh, with Paul Malo, and he's dialed in. He's got an update from the some of the stuff he's looking at, the news show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. 
Economic uncertainty has created a tremendous amount of market volatility over the past few weeks. Intraday price changes seem the rule rather than the exception. Have you been surprised by a midday price change? Have you been frustrated as you locked the loan just ahead of a price movement? Found it difficult to explain to a customer why the rate you quoted is no longer available? MBS Quoline can eliminate these frustrations. MBS Quoline monitors Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginny Mae mortgage-backed security prices in real time. It makes the information conveniently available on your desktop, smartphone, or by email or text message. These are the same prices used to set mortgage rates each morning and to issue midday price changes when significant movement occurs. With MBS Quoteline, you'll never be out of touch with the market, whether you're in the office or on the road. See for yourself what MBS Quoteline can do for you. Go to MBSQuoteline.com to start a risk-free two-week trial. MBSQuoteline.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin'. Uh, during the ad break, so always listen to the ad break. It's always good. But during the ad break, I was scanning over IMF News's website and looking at the stories. And Paul, I got to tell you, there's a lot here. Good to have you with us, Paul. Thank you Hi, for David. joining us briefly here for the broadcast. Yeah, let's let's run through it. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, I think we've talked about this on on one of the past shows. You know, VA loan volume is really taken off and you know we looked at the latest yeah. MBS numbers for the first quarter and you know you got uh, approximately 35 billion VA loans securitized into Ginny's in one queue and uh, the FHA number is 35.6 billion that that's not a big difference uh it's mm-hmm. very interesting Amazing. in fact we we have a newsletter called well inside FHA lending we recently changed it to inside FHA and VA lending cuz VA is becoming so big now uh, and I yeah. guess that's partly, you know, you, we've had is, a, a is, you know. Is this ahead. a cyclical thing? Is this a cyclical thing? I mean, is, where do you, I mean, where has been on a historical basis that balance? What uh, is? I'm, I'd love to. I'm googling quickly to find a chart that gives us. Do you have any sense for that? Well, uh, mainly, you know, it's a good question, and of course. You know, you blinded side of me with that question. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, listen, VA's generally been pretty small. Um, you know, That's uh, what maybe I someone else on the show. But it, it's been real small. And keep in mind, we've had wars going on for 10, 11, 12 years. We have a lot of veterans now. Uh, yeah, we do. You know, and yeah. they're all eligible to borrow. And, uh, you know, let's face it, a lot of these, you know, military bases are located in, you know, not major metropolitan areas, and they're located in places where home values tend to be smaller. So these people are, you know, our our vets are coming home from the war. Uh, you know, they might want to buy a house, and, you know, affordability is probably pretty good. And, and look, look, they look at the, the VA program and zero down. Uh, that's, that's part of what's driving, and we have more veterans, yes. so that's driving it, too. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where we go from here, um, but it, it certainly is noteworthy. Yeah. And uh, VA delinquencies tend to be lower than FHA. Um, so, so it's a yeah. great product to service. Yeah, it's a great service. Yeah. By the way, someone just texted me. One of our listeners just texted me and says, "What's the website? I want to read along. I want to read these headlines." Okay, so listeners, if you're not there, go out there right now with your um, with your Google or just put in this address, www.imfnews.com. It'll bring up everything we're talking about right now, I, www.imfnews.com. All right, Paul, I thought the Quicken story that they raised one point, you know, $1.25 billion of debt, that yeah. is interesting. 
Yeah, it is. That deal apparently hit the Bloomberg Quotron late on Friday. Um, you know, it was a private placement, a uh, 10-year paper. Yeah. The yield is pretty good, 5.75%. It's good in the sense that if you're you're quick and, and even for an investor, you know, that's a, that's a nice yield. Um, let's face it, mm-hmm. what's, you know, what's a, you and Joe were just talking about. What's going to you going to get the Yeah. Yeah, for exactly. Yeah, so uh it is a private place and I hope to get some more details as the week goes by. That's interesting because I recall there was a, a, a mid-sized, large non-bank mortgage lender in California. Within the last two or three years, they raised a, a big chunk of debt. It was like three, four, five, six hundred million dollars. I can't recall. I, I think I know who it is, but I don't want to say the name because I was trying to find right. the story I wrote about it. Uh, so it's not unprecedented, but it's, it will be interesting if we see more privately held. Uh, mortgage companies tap the debt market uh, right now because, you know, IPO, you know, market's not treating mortgage companies very well. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Uh, Brendan Ivey's got a good story. Uh, apparently there's a, something called the Multi-State Mortgage Committee, and they, they did a bunch of audits of servicers, and they found some funny business, uh, namely instances where firms were tampering with their own records uh, and just general, Ooh. you know, yeah, we'll not see. We're, we're not sure how big of a deal it is. Brandon's got the report. He's looking at it more. Uh, Hatteras is out there. Uh, this is another one of those REITs. They're uh, acquiring Jumbo Arms, uh, and their uh, balance sheet of that product has increased nicely over the last three, six months. Uh, securitization of uh, seasoned Fannie Freddie loans. That's something we've been uh, picking up on. Uh, that comes from uh, originally from one of our newsletters, Inside MBS and ABS. Uh, we've had roughly $7.4 billion of uh, MBS uh, made up of seasoned products since the end of December. Uh, there's a lot of small and medium-sized uh, depositories that are that are doing these deals, but the the big 7.4 number actually comes from two banks, one of which is B of A, and the other is a is a regional whose identity we uh, haven't yet figured out. Uh, in short take session, uh, we have Mi- Michigan Michigan Mutual has hired a guy named Rick Rock, who uh, I've known for a while. He's uh, he does a lot of consulting yeah. work, does some M and A personnel work. He's now uh, their um, national head of retail lending. Uh, got a short there about Stern AG uh, CRT. They're now called. Uh, they dropped coverage of all the source portfolio solutions. That's the REO vendor that was spun off by Auckland. I mean, here's a company whose stock is. I think it's at 25 today. Its low was 12, but its all-time high is 120. And people are still trying to figure out what you know what what the future is for all those Aquin affiliated companies. Uh, and but yep. at the same time, there's, there was some filings late last week where two insiders, uh, including the CEO at AltaSource, Bill uh, Shepro, he went out there and bought you know stock in the company, ponying up 908 thousand dollars. So uh, oh, interesting that's stuff. That's real Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's generally a bullish sign when you when your insiders are buying stock and it's not like some kind of stock reward or some kind of other uh, you know company funded acquisition. So we'll say. And just a real short about Ellie Mae, they had a pretty good quarter. Uh, we just put that in there. I mean, they've been doing fine. Uh, revenue growth has been nice. So is the earnings. But if you look at the stock, the price to earnings ratio of Ellie Mae is is pretty lofty at 130. Uh, you know, you know, Dow thirty stocks. Mm-hmm. What, what's a typical PE ratio? Anywhere from twelve to twenty. So that's you know. Yeah, twelve. But yep. I guess Ellie Mae is a growth story. Or at least that's what the analysts will tell you. So that's all the good yep. stuff. Lots of good stuff in here, folks. Go check it out. www.imfnews.com. 
loaded with good stuff. This is something you want to check back every single day because it's got uh, they're tracking the stories and they're updating it on a daily basis. Paul, thanks so much for being with us today, my friend. Thanks, Greet everyone around there from us. You bet. It's always a pleasure. You bet. Let's run over to Alice Alvey. Alice, good to have you on. Um, there's so much I think about. I was reading the the information this morning earlier about the PMI regulations that are going out there, the eligibility and the capital requirements for you know private mortgage insurance. It just it it just is just overwhelming. It almost makes you stutter as I was just doing when you look at all that's out there, Alice. It's just man. It is. It's a lot, I think, you know, and you have lenders right now who are realizing they didn't start this soon enough and uh, or didn't realize the resources it would take. That's really, we're getting phone calls right now that use use words like hyperventilating, panic attacks, you know, that's usually kind of what the customer, we're, we're, we're coming <laughs> to the rescue with uh, policy and procedure writing at this point for many, many customers. And by the way, we still have bandwidth, so if anybody else out there is uh, hyperventilating, we're happy to help. But um, yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Interestingly enough, we have. I was just chuckling. I was going to say, is it true? Is it true that you are at Indicom now handing out brown paper bags for them to read or breathe into? So they read <laughs> over all the regulations you're writing for them. Is that true? Yeah, you bring it in and you bring my, uh, paper bags in a meeting. Yeah, so people can catch their breath and they're okay <laughs> now. About, they really do talk about up like okay. Yeah, well, we can make it now. It's okay. We got help. We're going to make it. It's okay. Because <laughs> you're still trying to close loans. I mean, that's the problem. That's the bit most companies make a mistake at is they're, they've got their managers as the subject matter experts. And, oh, by the way, could you please close loans at the same time with volumes going up? So, uh, anyway, House Bill 2231 was introduced on Friday. It has no text published, right? So these get published of the, the headings um, will get published ahead of the time of the text going through kind of the proofing and writing stage. And this one says it's for temporary safe harbor from the enforcement of integrated disclosure requirements for mortgage loan transactions under the Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act and Truthing Lending Act. And, of course, they all say and for other purposes in case somebody wants to hang something else on that bill. There isn't any text yet, but I just it, maybe there's a little bit of a glimmer of a light out there that Congress might get involved in terms of trying to get us some type of safe harbor, even if CFPB won't bend on it, or maybe it's all talk, but we'll watch, and I, and I love glimmers of hope. But for everybody else out there, we have to go with, as of applications, August 1st, we've, we've got to get this right. There isn't a grace period or a trial period, um, so we've got to get it right. The best news is FHA is going to postpone their implementation of the 4,000.1 until September 15th. I love any relief because that was due to happen June 15th. And now September 15th, don't go, oh, great, I've got months, and you shove it to your credenza or, you know, it goes off into another file <laughs> folder in your system or you take everybody off that project and you put them on grid. Because what's going to happen is you're going to be still in the weeds, up to your waist in trying to solve TRID live, right? September 15th yeah. will be your late closings. Your first late closings are all occurring around that. And so um, we're recommending to folks, it gives you some breathing room, but don't change your path that you're on for your implementation. FHA didn't do this because there are any outstanding questions. They did this because they recognize that it'll get lost in the shuffle. It's too much for lenders um, in combination with TRID. So um, that's, those are the two biggest 
things right now I think we want to make sure everybody's aware of. For some relief, I'm going to a little shameless plug here. Our e-learning, uh, we have a full e-learning for the, the disclosures available. It's actually rolling out this week um, for companies to purchase to put on their LMS. If you don't have a learning management system, we're happy to give you one. But uh, I, let me rephrase. We're happy to help you with that. <laughs> um, but we have the learning management system and we have the e-learning webinars. So we've got all the training components you need plus assistance in getting the policies and procedures written. And I'm anxious to talk with Motivity in our uh, Hot Topics section. Yes. Because watching the choices companies are making in their policies and procedures is very interesting as this is unfolding. Questions could be good. I am uh, excited to get into that Hot topic segment. Thank you so much, Alice. And for the word, and I'm going to work on, by the way, I hear I'm breaking up. Paul Mullis said I was breaking up. I don't know if you're noticing it. Your side, but I'm going to switch to my landline disk so I go for this ad break. But, folks, we'll be right back after this brief break. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage U give you the edge. Okay, we may have lost Dave there briefly, so as he's dialing back in, um, I don't have the switchboard. So, Sam, Garcia, are you I got it. I'm so sorry. There you are. I'm so so sorry. I tried to switch my handset. For some reason, I forgot there's something out working about that. So I love technology. That's why, again, when you were doing all this through voice over IP, it is what it is. But let's get over to Sam Garcia, and thanks for jumping in there, Alice. Let's uh, get a quick update from Sam on some of the things that are running on the headlines with Mortgage News, or excuse me, Mortgage Daily. So check it out, www.mortgagedaily. Sam, good to have you on the broadcast, my friend. Good to be here, and uh, I had your back there in case you didn't show up. So. <laughs> anyway, we, we saw that uh, last week uh, – the mortgage market index, which we produce based on price, product and pricing inquiry data from Optimal Blue, was down 15% for the week. Um, we attribute that to spring break. It typically gets slower, so uh, that's kind of a seasonal uh, deal. Arm business fell 18%. That was more than any other category. And even jumbo activity slid 14%. Um, we saw that... Uh, Ellie Mae put out its monthly report about metrics for loan originations, and the closing rate, which I figured you'd be glad to hear this, jumped to 63.6% in March from 60% in February. That's interesting. Now, uh, right in line with with what you would expect, of course, as the closing rate goes up, then that means maybe uh, things are changing a little bit in the marketplace and turnaround slowed six days. Uh, from February to 44 days in March, so it took a little bit longer in March. How to timely, on. yeah? How timely that you bring that up? Seeing that's what we're talking about in our hot topic segment. That's very good. That's interesting. So timelines extended, but the percentage of pull through is uh, actually jumped by three percent. Yep, it was, a, it was a good month from that perspective. Um, agency yeah. issuance, we get information uh, from EMBS, and it shows that a fixed rate 
mortgage-backed securities issuance by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Jenny Mae ascended 10% in April from a month earlier. Um, and at Freddie Mac alone, uh, issuance soared by a third during that same period. At uh, FHA, they put out some, some metrics for their monthly performance. And even though uh, they saw uh, a one-fifth drop in February from January in the amount of uh, endorsements that, they, uh, that FHA did, um, business looks like it's poised to soar because here's what's happened. Um, in December, there were just 71, 754 total applications uh, for FHA loans. But in January, that jumped to more than 128,000. And then in February, it soared past 179,000. So, you know, we can expect to see some heavier uh, FHA originations in March and uh, the months after that, at least a couple of months at a minimum. Quicken, Quicken Loans uh, reported uh, its data for our first quarter 2015 mortgage origination survey, and they reported that uh, their business rose 4% from the fourth quarter to $19.4 billion in originations for the first quarter of this year. Um, at Radian, they reported that uh, their business was down in the first quarter. It fell 6% to $9.4 billion. Um, and then we uh, reported last week that uh, a bank called Harbor One Bank uh, announced that it had an agreement to acquire Merrimack Mortgage, and Merrimack uh, reports a billion dollars in annual origination. So that's a significant uh, number for that a bank to be picking up, bringing them into the fold. Yeah. So those are our, our major headlines for the last week or so. Always good stuff, and it's always fun to see what you're tracking and what a great compliment you are to IMF News and how, you know, it's just, I really enjoy it. I've had more people comment about your updates and some of the things that have gone out to your website as a result of the broadcast. So thanks so much for being a part of it. It's helping our listeners stay up on just another aspect of what's going on in the industries. Thank you so much, Sam. Are it you, is a are pleasure you back in Dallas honor. now? I'm back yeah. in Dallas. I got back yesterday. Well, it's good to have you back home in uh, Texas Terra Firma. All right, friend, have a great rest of the week. Check it out. If you want to get a hold of Sam, get an email him at samgarcia at mortgagedaily.com, or you can call him at 214-521-1300. But by all means, check out their website, www.mortgagedaily.com. Thanks, Sam. See you Thank back you, next week. You bet. All right, let's get into some of the other things that we've got. I'm looking at some of the data that's uh, out there on the Internet on just overall what's happening. And I tell you, there are some other studies going on about TRID preparedness, and that is a big, big issue, folks. It is one of those issues that brought us to this hot topic segment that we're going to be getting into right after this ad break. But I'm telling you, there the number of people, if you think you're ready, you need to be getting some outside thought. I mean, you should say, are you ready? You should say, get a hold of someone, ask them, do you think I'm ready? Here, come take a look. Am I ready? We'd love to talk about that, and that's going to be the subject of not only that, are you ready, but more importantly, as you get ready for it, what can you do to use TRID as a helper, I mean, as a distinguishing advantage for you, creating a market advantage when others are going to be struggling and it's going to be to their detriment. So this is an opportunity as much as at times what can feel like an obstacle. We're going to be talking about that in the Hot Topic segment. We're going to have Tyler Sherman with us, 
And, of course, Alice and Joe will be joining me in on that discussion. Folks, we'll be right back after this brief break. Mortgage Banking Solutions is the preeminent management consulting firm to the residential mortgage lending industry. No other firm in the U.S. offers the menu of services or the level of expertise to the industry. If you're looking for help converting from best efforts to hedging or need help with bookkeeping to know your profit per loan, if you are interested in making the transition from broker to banker, or if you just need a roadmap for success, Mortgage Banking Solutions' primary focus is to enable executives to take their business to the next level and guide them down a path towards success and profitability. With over 300 combined years of experience in all facets of mortgage lending, the Mortgage Banking Solutions team of professionals has the expertise and know-how to help you accomplish your goals. New warehouse lines of credit, broker-to-banker transitions, transitioning to hedging, financial and accounting services, or meeting your capitalization needs. If you need help with these or any other aspects of your business, please contact a Mortgage Banking Solutions sales team to see how we can help you at 512 512- 9779900 it's 512-977-9900. mortgage banking solutions enabling executives to take their business to the next level it's good to have you with us everybody and i want to introduce to you a good friend and someone that i am proud to have a very tight affiliation with and it's tyler sherman and the whole group there at motivity business solutions they're located in denver colorado and they are a business intelligence company now what the heck is a business intelligence company this is a technology tool that allows you to understand what's going on in your business real time it doesn't matter which LOS system you're on. It doesn't matter what systems, where you're at. This is a uh, hosted system. It reads the data in real time. Most of us have run our businesses looking out the rearview mirror, looking backwards over time to see what's going on. We get a report, whether it be weekly, monthly. In this dynamic world, you can't be running it that way. And so we have got to be looking at data real time. That's why I have selected them as to be one of my preferred vendors that we go out to. In fact, it's a very tight relationship. And we're going to be, and I was talking to Tyler, uh, in looking at what's going on in trade preparedness, it's a big topic out there. He said that's probably the number one thing that his clients are talking about is how to get prepared for it. And then where can they, and I refer to it as ringing the towel, how can we get just a day or two more of opportunity to pick up because of the disclosure requirements and the timing of those? So I invited them to uh, specifically, Tyler, to come on and talk about this topic of preparing for a TRID and turning it into an advantage and overcoming the obstacles. So, Tyler, good to have you on the broadcast. Really appreciate you taking out some time and sharing your thoughts and some of the things that are going on out there in the industry. So good to have you here, Fred. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I love listening to the show every week and uh, really honored to be on the show. So appreciate the, the, the time you're given. I'm going to toss the mic over to Allison and get started in this discussion. She is the queen of TRID, and she is writing policies. Thank you, Alice, for taking time out of the business time. I like that idea of handing out brown paper bags when you that come with the um, with the policies that you write because people need to breathe that into them as they're writing. So anyway, Alice, let you lead off the discussion. Okay, great. Tyler, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. And um, anyway, I wanted to kind of get everybody to understand a little bit about um, the approach that you all are seeing that you recommend for TRID. You know, we have uh, a lot of folks today are just really trying to plug in the new requirements and really haven't gotten to that point yet of, you know, really what is a best practice. So, um, what approach are you recommending right now and people just preparing for it? 
Well, yeah, thanks, Alice. Yeah, I think um, the the first thing that I would recommend is is to relax. <laughs> they still have time. You know, you're talking about the the paper bags that you're handing out. There there are a lot of uh, vendors and systems that are out there in place today that that can help them. They still have about 90 days until Trid goes live. So, uh, first of all, I would just say relax. It's you know no need to to hyper <laughs> hyperventilate today. But um, you know, I when looking at this, when Dave talked to me about this uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I like to use analogies. So uh, uh, something that may have been on someone's mind at the beginning of the year was New Year's resolutions. So all of us probably made some, and a lot of us probably failed at those. And some of those were probably around weight loss. Now, I don't know if I'm talking about myself, but let's just (laughs) throw that out in general. Um, Let's say you wanted to lose 10 pounds in 90 days. So why does that fail? Why do people make that resolution, and why does it fail? And, you know, when Dave and I were talking about this, I think it's because there's not a mandatory deadline. You know, unless you have a vacation coming up or a wedding or something like that, there's nothing that mandates that you have to lose that weight. Well, you know, if you you relate that to TRID and what's going on, there is a mandatory deadline. And if I look at the, the weight loss example, this would be like the doctor saying, hey, you have high blood pressure, you're going to be in serious trouble unless you lose 10 pounds. So that would be equivalent to the TRID analogy saying, hey, you have to do this. So everyone has to become TRID compliant. So when you look at that, there are a couple of different approaches um, to losing 10 pounds. And since I'm a data guy, uh, I thought I'd look at this uh, from an analytics perspective. So um, I I researched this, and it takes about 3,500 calories burned per day to lose one pound. So if you want to lose 10 pounds, you have to burn 35,000 calories to lose those 10 pounds. And so uh, some of us fall into two different categories. So you're a procrastinator or you're a planner. So option one, the procrastinator. So this is equivalent to a reactive mortgage lender. So they like pain and suffering. They look at this as a, hey, I have to hit this goal. So the way to lose 10 pounds would be to starve yourself for 12 days before August 1st, and you would lose 10 pounds. You wouldn't die. You would hit the compliance, and, and you would be compliant at that point. That's a very painful approach. And, Alice, you probably see that approach with some of the lenders you're talking to. And, Dave, same thing. We're talking about this. It is a, yeah. hey, I have time. You know, I have time to, to hit this goal, and I'm just going to get my systems in place, and then everything will come into place a couple weeks before August 1st. So that's one approach, and that's more like a crash diet. It won't last. It's not something that will be ingrained in muscle memory. I would say option right. number two is more of a planner. So it's a more proactive mortgage lender. So this is a lender that wants a sustainable improvement. They want to use this as a competitive advantage. They want to hit this goal, not because it's mandatory, but because it's better for their lifestyle, better for their business. And that approach over 90 days, if you just reduce your calorie intake by 400 calories per day, you'll lose 10 pounds in 90 days. That seems a lot more doable uh, over a 90-day period than not eating for, you know, 12 straight days. So I think, you know, the the first, uh, you know, getting back to your question, what approach would you take? Uh, I personally, and, and where I see our lenders uh, be, being more successful at the TRID readiness uh, approach is taking a sustained, proactive approach where, hey, we need to get a little bit better every day, and it's not going to be like a crash diet. I, right. that is, that, I love this. Go ahead, Al. Sorry. 
Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say, yeah, and and I think, you know, it's uh, the planned approach then for the group that thinks, well, I only needed to lose this many, you burn up this many calories. Some of them are finding I needed to change that plan even midway through. So that's the other thing I would say is the flexibility within the plan. You're visiting it all the time. Maybe you fell off the wagon over the weekend because you went out and partied, you know. (laughs) So anyway, back to you, Dave. Well, I think the, I think it's a great analogy that you're using here. And um, as you start using that, remember this: there's an ad on television about a guy sitting in a stadium, and he's watching a football game, baseball game. I can't remember. I'm not sure the venue it is. Uh, I'm not even sure that's in the focus of the ad. But there's these people coming up with a stretcher and medics and uh, looking and are heading down the road towards him. Are you familiar with the ad? Do you remember seeing that? And they go... And they're starting to look at him. Can we excuse me? And they're coming over to him. They go, why? What, what are you doing? He says, we're here for your heart attack that you're about to have. And it's really talking about it doesn't work that way. That's the point of it is we need to plan and take care of these things because the heart attacks don't come with a uh, you know warning label on it. These kind of things happen. A lot of people are looking at this. And my concern is that there's going to be people having that. Now, I, I think there is time, but the time is really growing short. And many I'm seeing, and this is across so many so many uh, input points are saying many are not. And so there is time, but it's really important that they get into this. I want to talk about, for those that are looking at this and are trying to prepare, whether they're a lender or a vendor, what do you think are the blind spots in the industry's preparation for TRID? Um, that's, a, that's a really interesting uh, question. I think that... Um, a lot, most of our lenders have approached this from a systems perspective. So they're making sure their LOS has the right fields and calculations and workflow uh, built in. So from a technology perspective and making sure their doc provider um, is going to be ready. Uh, I think some people are, are failing to get the title company involved. And Alice, you and I were talking about that. Um, but they're, they're really approaching this from a technology and vendor perspective. Are those people ready? And if they are, then all my problems are solved. But a big blind spot that I think they're missing is the process. So just because you have the systems in place, it doesn't mean that you set realistic goals. It doesn't mean that your people and processes are automatically going to come into to, to the fold. So, um, you know, I, I think systems uh, approach, you definitely need that. And your LOS better be ready. And if they're not, you should probably look to switch your LOS vendors. I mean, they've had LOS providers as a monumental change in all the doc providers, but they've had plenty of time to get you ready uh, for, for this change. And most of the major LOSs are already TRID compliant. Um, yep. so, so when you take that out of the equation, now you have to look at it. And now becomes a process uh, management or a training and monitoring and managing and improving people. So just because the systems are in place, that's necessary step one. I would say step two, the blind spot that we're we're seeing with our client base is, okay, now that the systems are there, how are you going to train and monitor and making sure that you're hitting those those um, those baseline numbers of getting the documentation to the homeowner three days prior to the closing? And so I think that's really the the, the breakdown and the blind spot um, that we see. So it really takes breaking down the operational process, so really decomposing uh, the operational process, and then having a system in place that tra- tracks and monitors that that uh, for, for lenders. 
And I think, Dave, I think that's kind of what you do for lenders today, and that's where we've worked together in the past, is you kind of breaking down yes. the process and, and getting a, a best practices <clears throat> approach. And then our system kind of sits on top of that and says, okay, are you following this approach? And tracking, mm-hmm. you know, not yeah. only the major milestones, but the sub-milestones and, and, and really seeing if they're, they're following the process that you put into place. So, so that's how we've worked well together in the past. Oh, I yeah. think I, I see. I love for the, it comes to the point where you have to got to make sure your systems are going to support you. If you don't have that, you're really in trouble. And there are some that are struggling, so you need to find out if your vendors are doing that, and don't assume. So that's number one. Number two is I think then you got to have your own policies, procedures. That's where Alice comes in. So this is really taking a group effort. Now you can take the time to do it, but most people are dealing with volume. Which you go back to your weight analogy. It's not that they're not exercising enough; they're just continue to take in too much business or too much food, and they're not achieving their weight loss goals. So I think you need to go outside of to go to Alice's firm to really begin to get the policy procedures, but that even if you have that all in place, and this is why I love our partnership so much, you really need to go in and look at the processes you're going through. What your system, your business intelligence tool gives people data points of what's going on and where we come in and play nicely alongside that is we tell them how to go fix it. In other words, it's like I have a dietitian. I've tried that weight loss program several times. So I go out and I get the dietitian and a coach that helps you work out and lose the weight on an organized plan. And that's really what we do. You're like the doctor. You're like the dietitian. Here's, you know, here's what you've been eating. You've been tracking this. You're bringing them metrics about what their activities are. What we do is that we come in and say, here's how you change your behavior. This is how, armed with this data that you're providing them, and I can't underscore the importance, most people, Tyler and Alice, do not have that data. But when they do have that data, then they go, what do I do about it? And that's where you come in and, or we come in playing together and really set up a plan. So the process we go through is we then examine, start looking at, at everything they're doing. Where can we pick up some extra time in that, that timeline? And where the lenders that we're talking to that we're really seeing are getting ahead of this and on top of this, they're going through and finding five days that they can eliminate, their goals eliminate at least five days, because when you add the disclosure in there, the extra time because of the disclosure, they're actually, when you integrate that and go to the TRID, they're actually going to have a shorter time frame where their competitors are adding that extra time onto the end because they didn't go do that. I love your thoughts on that, Alice, I mean, because this is something you're working on. We work together on a lot, and uh, it's, it's just a, it's a real area yeah. where people are not doing the time working with it. And so David Lord, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell everybody to go back and listen to that broadcast with David Lord because that's something he and I, three of us, are working very closely with together. Yeah, and I think to put the three together, so I like your analogy of motivity is the dietitian that says, here's the data, and then you need somebody alongside the coach that's going to tell you what's going on. But we're seeing, so from the learning side and the P&P side, is what people have to remember is your team is not going to know this second nature, right? You see all kinds of um, metrics out there of you have to do something for 40 hours before it becomes second nature or X number of times before it becomes second nature, and your team won't have that. They're going to make mistakes because the system isn't going to catch everything, and their knowledge of the subject is going to be so fresh from A to Z throughout your shop that they're They're not necessarily going to catch things quickly that are wrong that they can do manually and fix it and then the loan closes correctly or on time. 
um, so that's where the metrics come in even more importantly because it's the only way you're going to be able to quickly be able to detect where those gaps in the process may be and then how to address them through learning uh, and, you know, better user guides and PMPs. So that's that's how the three that's there's the three legs hold up the school, stool. The three legs, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and most people don't have a knowledge about their business enough. That's why I'm such a big fan of Motivity and what Tyler and his team are doing there at that. So let's get into that. Joe, I'll toss the mic over to you, get you involved in this discussion. Well, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm kind of been removed from what you're describing, the closing part of the process for a long time. And, and all this seems a little vague to me. So I want to just pull it back in to say, what what's the one or two most important things to be measuring as you're going through this process to get ready for TRID? Um, yeah, I think it comes down to there are really two bookends, key bookends to the to the process. The first one is the app date, right? So everyone's used to this one where you either collect enough information um, where uh, it, it becomes an application or you have an application date and you have to get loan disclosures out to the homeowner. I think that's kind of the first bookend to this entire process. And where lenders get tripped up, most lenders can do that pretty well. Where they get tripped up is in a relock or a redisclosure situation where there's a change of circumstance or an APR change. And so a lot of systems don't handle field-level auditing, so you need uh, kind of a business intelligence system that, that audits and tracks those changes in dates. So that's kind of the first bookend. And now on the, on the back end, it really comes down to the closing date or scheduled the close date. So um, this is a new kind of process uh, that, that has been put into place where disclosure, the new closing disclosure, has to be given to the homeowner three business days prior to the settlement. If you think about that, all of us that have gone through closings or have been in this industry, there is always a last-minute change. The, the, you know, the settlement statement was being changed up to the minute or during the closing. And so to, to, to really look at this and say the final uh, closing numbers have to be there three days prior to the closing date is really – this is what has the industry kind of in, in unrest, and, and this is what is really throwing a wrench in the standard process – so what we're recommending, we actually introduced a TRID readiness module to our client base. Uh, we introduced this in the first quarter, and a lot of our lenders are jumping on board with this. And what it does is it proactively monitors all of these dates in the loan origination system and tells you where your bottlenecks are, tells you proactively who's compliant, who is not, and then it alerts people before they are uh, in violation of, of these certain rules. So... So the key here, you asked about, you know, the simple metrics are really two bookends, the app date and then the closing date. But because of that final bookend, it's causing people to re-engineer their process. And what I mean by that, it's not a first-in, first-out basis anymore. It's not, hey, this loan was first into underwriting. It should be worked on first. They have to go backwards. So uh, in our module, we really reverse the project process and say, Okay, the docs have to be to the homeowner three days prior to the settlement or to the closing, which means the final approval has to happen, let's say, five days prior to the settlement. Submitted to underwriting has to happen 10 days prior to the closing, and then a completed file needs to be into processing, let's say, 20 days prior to closing. So you're really, instead of working on, hey, let's turn in a file and get it done as quickly as possible, you're really working backwards and saying these key milestones mm. need to happen. I don't care when the file was turned in. You have to have these key milestones done because we have to 
get the closing disclosure to the homeowner five, five or three days prior to the, the settlement. And Tyler, does that then put pressure on each one in the step uh, along the way to not go home tonight until you got that file done? Well, it should. If you have uh, the proper systems in place to track and monitor, and that's what we do uh, with our business intelligence system, is once you define what those are, and, and we have a lot of lenders that say, hey, you know, three days, let's not cut it because <laughs> let's give ourselves a little leeway. We want to get the, the final uh, disclosure, the closing disclosure there five days prior to closing. And if you really look at that, what TRID is forcing you to do is become more efficient. And so this has a byproduct, which is actually good for lenders. I know it doesn't feel like that right now, but it's basically saying, look, you should look at your process and define when key events should happen and then make your process match those key dates. And you should track and monitor and work towards those dates. And the only way to do that is to measure and monitor, in our opinion. I like that expression, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I switched microphones because that other one was just sound like it was cutting out too much. I think it's one of those opportunities where you can become stronger and create a competitive advantage. How can lenders turn this regulation into a competitive advantage, in your opinion? Well, at, at our past, uh, in our past life as mortgage bankers, um, you know, our family had a, a Watermark Financial Partners. Right. We actually um, did this process. So, we worked backwards. So we had uh, five days before the closing, our homeowner got a, a settlement statement, and that settlement statement matched the good faith estimate that we disclosed to them in the beginning. And uh, so there were no surprises. Everyone knew what they were expecting when they came to closing. They know their interest rate, the cash to close. Everything is part of the process, and that was our selling point. When we went out to get referral partners and realtors and builders and and uh, our differentiator was, hey, we're going to get the closing numbers to you and your your customer far in advance of the closing so there are no surprises. And guess what? It's going to match what we told them at the application. So that was our differentiator, our competitive advantage. So, so in my opinion, all TRID is doing is making lenders compress their timelines, so mm -hmm. becoming more efficient in the process. As you say, they yep. have to cut – at least five days out of their current process uh, to hit these these uh, timelines. So it, they're going to be giving better service because of this. So no surprises at the closing, less concessions at closing mean higher profits, and they're going to be able to, to maintain and gain referral partners. So in my opinion, embracing this and using it as a differentiator and not stopping at the three days saying, hey, we're, we're going to get it there five days. Because if there is something that needs to change, we have a day or two before, you know, the moving vans or, <laughs> uh, you know, before yep. it's too late to unravel the closing. So, yep. so in my opinion, this, you know, taking something like this and using it as a, a way to get better operationally is, is really how you turn it into your competitive advantage. Yeah, and I, I look at the, the the opportunity that sits here, and many are seeing this as the obstacle, and it's turning our attitudes to look at this. Okay, it's here, it's a reality, it's coming, and how can we turn that to our advantage? And I think, you know, what you offer is a, a huge tool. Joe? Well, I was going to say, uh, it sounds like you're describing sort of how you see life in the mortgage world after after this is all settled in. Well, yeah, you know, if you look at this, We've, you know, we've been doing business intelligence in the mortgage industry for uh, almost uh, a little over seven years now, and this is how we ran our uh, mortgage company before we started Motivity. And 
I look at this as just business as usual. I mean, at business intelligence, it's it's part of the same philosophy, which is what gets measured gets results. So you have to track, monitor every step of the manufacturing process, and you're going to become more efficient by doing that. Many of our lenders get 10 to 20% more efficient just by shining the light on these key milestones and, and diving deeper into, hey, where are bo- bottlenecks? And let's laser focus on those areas and find the training necessary to get better at those those bottlenecks. And so I just view this as a mentality shift for lenders that it's almost mm. a cultural shift. Look, we're going to get better as we're going to get as efficient as possible as an organization and these type of regulations that come up won't affect us if we're uh, on top of our our milestones and setting realistic goals and and trying to continuously improve over and over. It's just a shift in mindset as opposed to reacting, oh, my gosh, we have this new TRID rule. What are we going to do? If you buy into business intelligence and what it can do to an organization, you will proactively become better and better and better, and you're going to have a better shot at at, at hitting some of these regulations. So, you know, pre-TRID, post-TRID, it, it's we view it as the same. Our lenders are trying to get better and better every single day, and it, it helps them be more prepared for these uh, regulations as they come out. Run, Alice, I was thinking about when you look at this and how you are helping people prepare, it is definitely something that business intelligence fits nicely alongside of what you're doing. Yeah, I think it does. So, um, you know, as as we kind of look at what we've done to help people prepare, we're certainly looking at what the decisions that they're making at a policy level and then how they're implementing that procedurally. We're we're seeing that a lot of companies still have some stops and gaps because they know a certain amount of what their new, their LOS is going to do. Um, maybe it's not 100% there. It's very close enough for them to get some high-level information, but I think the reporting is still a gap. So, yes, I you know, agree. that's where motivity comes in. So, you know, what have you guys done to help prepare your clients for TRID, kind of running alongside what's going on with their LOS? Yeah, what what we've done, um, our system uh, connects to, and we connect to 20 different loan origination systems. So we're already connected in to most of the systems out there. And uh, what we do is we're tracking real-time data as loans uh, flow through the manufacturing process. So we introduced uh, for TRID, uh, like I said, a compliance a TRID readiness module where we're tracking the key milestones and sub-milestones, so submitted to processing, underwriting, resubmissions, all of the, the key dates that, that are tracked in the process. And the first thing we do is give them a baseline of where they stand. And that's that's key. Most companies don't even know what their cycle time is, how long it takes to get from point A to point B. So get a baseline. And you mean okay, where they stand today? Where they I'm stand sorry, I didn't mean you mean where they stand today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So getting a system in saying, okay, we can't improve unless we know where we are today. So that's step number one, get a baseline and see where your bottlenecks are. So some branches, some processors, some underwriters are going to be better than others. So you can start to... Um, you know, dig deeper into the, the, the focus areas of where you need to improve. Um, and then we, with our lenders, set realistic goals based on that baseline saying, okay, today you're getting docs there three hours before closing. We need to get them there three days before closing. Let's try to improve this every single day, um, and let's track and monitor it every day and see where your problem areas are. 
Um, our business intelligence system allows you to track loan by loan, but it bubbles up the exceptions and looks at it of a more holistic picture of the entire pipeline and then allows you to slice and dice those results to really see is it a product, an underwriter, a branch, and uh, you know a certain is it a refinance versus a purchase. So you can really slice and dice or peel back the layers of the onion to find those areas. And then the the last thing we do is really set up triggers and alerts. So this is where it's more proactive. If a disclosure hasn't been sent out or it's it's coming up on that three day window, we have the ability to email and trigger out to the pertinent parties. Uh, that are working on that loan saying, hey, you have six hours to get these closing disclosures out. Make sure you don't hit this violation. So it's more of a proactive trigger and alert. And uh, next month, we're actually introducing text messaging as part of our system where you could get a text, an SMS text to say, hey, the Smith loan, closing disclosures, you have six hours left to get those out. And so, oh, wow, that's, so that's cool. really, yeah. Um, so, 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 so it's all airplane. about pushing information. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, are you compliant or are you, you know, enjoying a nice dinner? You know, it's one of those the choices that, that all that is. We're about make, ready so. to ruin your dinner with this text message. Right. right. You yeah. need to focus on it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So, and then from there, once you have the system in place, it's all about continuing to monitor all of these uh, key milestones and try to every single day, every single week, every month, every quarter, trying to get a little bit better to reduce your overall cycle time. And that makes you more efficient. You'll do more loans, which hopefully makes you more money at the end of the day. Well, I think you brought up an important point I want to make sure everybody's thinking about is that it's not a one-shot deal. This has got to continue because you're going to continue to find areas that need to uh, be readdressed. Yeah, this is not the last compliance issue that we're going to have to face. And so this, you know, this this is there's going to be a a new trid in six months or in a year. There's going to be a next. Um, you know, iteration, highlighted yeah. regulation, iteration of 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 um, that lenders are going to have to deal with. And if you have the proper policies and procedures, you have the proper uh, tracking and monitoring system, you're going to be a lot better prepared uh, to to handle these. There is no question you've got to have a full partnership, folks, to be able to get this. I think it starts with having the accurate facts and having them in real time. That starts with motivity. One of the it's, I think it's the only business intelligence tool that I'm aware of in the market. Certainly it's done. And what's, I want to side note, the reason you sold your company for the multiples you did, we don't have to disclose that, but it was very good, very high multiple, is because of this process. You guys really focused in on engineering your processes, and you monitored it, measured it, and were constantly challenging. And I think that's why you got, when you sold your last mortgage company, it was at the multiples it was. And I think if you plan on selling your company, or at any point, just add value to the company. You've got to, folks, have the ability to do these things. Now, it's getting a little more complicated. That's why Alice exists. That's why we're here in here. And uh, we are teamed up with David Lord to really get in and start measuring how to re- in, redo your uh, processes, really go in and becoming examining the efficiencies that are there, where's the pickup you can gain, so, so to speak, wringing the towel to get a couple more days. Five days is the goal that I'm challenging a lot of our clients to go get five days, improve your business process by five days. And if you don't know what the te- facts are, then you need to get a hold of Motivity. How can people get a hold of you? What's the best way for people to learn more about it, your company, Tyler? Um, our website is motivitysolutions.com, or uh, feel free to email me directly at tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, 
at MotivitySolutions.com. And I'll uh, hopefully answer any questions or point you in the right direction. And, and we have, um, uh, you know, we're, we're standing by ready to show people this TRID readiness module. And it's something that we can implement in less than a week. So this is not a drawn-out IT project. It's a business tool to help with compliance. And uh, we're, we're willing and able to talk to anyone about it. It's a good tool. The drum signal that we're out of time. Good to have you with us, everybody. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much. Again, get a hold of the folks at Motivity Solutions. Alice, Joe, thank you for being a part of the broadcast. Looking at the markets, Joe, they're right here at the bottom. I'm looking at your screen. So we're still down about five. It's in a four, four, five at this moment, 30 seconds. So that's where the markets are at, folks. Next week, we have David Stevens, the president of the MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, joining us on this discussion, giving us an update of what he sees that he's paying closest attention to. I'm sure Trid's in the discussion, but what else? Tune in next week. He'll be back with us as a guest. Appreciate you tuning in and telling others about this broadcast. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. This has been Lincoln on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lincoln of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Alvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week and thank you for listening. 